guys, welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I have a very special guest with me. Her name's Hannah Stainer. She's a coach, qualified teacher, and speaker on everything mental well-being. She is also the founder of Psyche Coaching, which specializes in well-being coaching, youth coaching, and other various training and support. She also has a podcast called Psyche Mental Wellbeing, and I'll link it in the description below so you guys can go check that out. And so, yeah, welcome, Hannah. Hi, Melody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It is my honor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to do this. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> well, I know. I'm, I'm really pleased to be here. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, um, you know, you're from the UK. I'm just going to do a quick little check-in. How are things going on over there? Like, how are you guys handling COVID-19? Is everything okay? Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. We are, in some ways, things are starting to relax a little bit and go a little bit back to normal. So we've been on lockdown and gradually things are opening up again. So shops kind of opened up again. Uh, restaurants have started to open up again, but with real, uh, really clear social distancing in place. But as of today, we have to wear face masks in shops, which is something that hadn't been a thing before, just an optional thing, but now we have to. So it kind of feels a little bit um, of a mismatch in some ways because yeah. some things, yeah, some things are, are going back to the normal and, and some um, are, yeah, kind of uh, changing. But I think generally, uh, you know, the Brits have got a real kind of whatever, let's just get on with it kind of spirit. So I think we're mostly doing okay. So. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you guys are doing a lot better than here. <laughs> America, <laughs> it's just oh, very yeah. unfortunate. I, I read an interesting article or opinion piece, I think in the Bloomberg News uh, earlier, about how the UK is doing. And in some ways, not that great, because we've had quite high numbers of cases and of deaths. Um probably not we're not on the same level as the US but still not great for for the size of our country but in terms of uh, medical advances and in terms of the research that's going on we're doing amazing so um we've uh, there's a, there's a medicine i can't remember the name of it but it's something that can help people um with i don't know if it's mild and moderate cases and it's very affordable that the um the university of oxford has been very involved with and we've got some vaccines that potentially could be ready in the fall maybe so in some ways yeah we're quite doing okay so it's a, yeah a bit of a mix so yeah that sounds really good honestly it might even be a little bit better than what we're doing I mean I'm yeah. not as clear on the specific like medical advancement details but mm -hmm. you know from what we've heard especially that I'm living in California you know it's the worst state in mm -hmm. um, America right now so it's been rough, um, especially um, this morning. I actually just saw this news. It was of these social media influencers. They mm -hmm. just gather in parties. And, you know, there's this one tweet from this one person. And then he was like, in March, he was like, oh, no, like, why are you guys gathering in parties? That is horrible. Like, are you guys not caring about other people? Yet, like, a few days ago, he had, like, this, like, whole birthday bash with, like, Mm. ton of people and I'm just like seriously like you're supposed to be a good influence right like this is yeah. not supposed to be happening 
Yeah. I mean, my birthday's in a couple of weeks and I would never have a big party anyway, because that's not really me or kind of where I'm at. But (laughs) usually I'd have like a meal. And so that's quite interesting because me and my partner are going to go out for a meal to my favorite restaurant. And then I kind of thought about some of my friends who I have. So we have this thing kind of like a bubble. So people who you see and you're kind of within their personal space a little bit. So I reached out to two friends who I guess in some way I'm a bit of a bubble with because I've seen them and been kind of a bit closer, but outside to see if they were interested in coming. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to invite lots of people because I think we can only have six people anyway at a table, but mm-hmm. also, you know, depending on how comfortable people are. And I think one can make it one can't. So there'll be three of us <laughs> this week. Yeah. Um, group for food but that's very much a kind of thinking about what are we allowed to do but also what's appropriate to do and what do people feel safe doing uh there was something last weekend there was an illegal rave uh near us so I don't know if you have raves um in the U.S. um it was at an old um military base and there were 3,000 people no way and um and the thing with these um they're they're very secretive they're very Mm -hmm well organized and it's just kind of like an impromptu thing and they kind of blocked the exits with um these really big vehicles so the police by the time the police knew about it they couldn't get close enough to shut it down so they just had to kind of it wouldn't have been safe for them to go in and try and shut it down so they just had to let it play out um all night and uh yeah wow that is crazy wow well first Mm. of all happy early birthday (laughs) yeah thanks (laughs) Um, second of all wow I can't I can't believe that happened okay but also at the same time how how did they plan it so well if there was so many people you know like shouldn't there be like social media posts no one was yeah I I don't know whether it's just kind of word of mouth and it and it spreads but um they because they get all the sound equipment there and I think once it's then set up um it's yeah it's really hard to then shut it down um so yeah I, I'm not sure how it works maybe it's just all very kind of secretive who who gets invited or I don't know I don't know but um yeah it, it happened uh, because then you had lots of people who were really outraged that they've been kept up all night by this rave yeah. um, and also corona but it was kind of a mix of covid but in a way at least it's outside I guess but also the fact that it literally ran all night plus into I think it was early afternoon when it when it finally got cleared so wow yeah yeah that's intense (laughs) that's really intense yeah yeah I mean I I like going out and dancing sometimes but like to be out for that (laughs) that long I mean maybe I'm just getting old I don't know but it's um yeah no, even for me, like, I'm in high school, you know, peak party phase in all movies. It's always the American teenager, you know, stereotypical, <laughs> staying out to, like, 8 a.m. things. But for a whole night until, like, early afternoon, that is crazy. I can't even stand for that long. <laughs> <laughs> like, two hours into standing, I'm like, mm, let's take a seat. Yeah, it's interesting, and I, and I think it's you know, there there are people who are being irresponsible and being reckless. But I think also sometimes there are people, and this is not to excuse kind of raves or the big parties, but I think sometimes there are people who are struggling and they kind of cope with it in different ways. So sometimes you might see something that someone does and think, 
oh, they shouldn't be doing that or it's irresponsible. And sometimes it is and sometimes it's just they're really struggling and that's kind of what they have to do to be able to cope with it. So I think it's it's quite, yeah, it's quite difficult because I think we're quick to sort of, you know, say, oh, it's really irresponsible and and all of that, which I think, yeah, <laughs> big illegal raves are and, and that kind of thing. But, yeah. you know, we've had a lot of people going to the beach and then it gets really busy um but I know for me when I've had times when I've really been struggling going to the beach is really grounding and it's really good for my mental health and there have been times where that's what I've needed so I think sometimes it's it's kind of just bearing that in mind and not being really quick to judge and sort of um yeah thinking about maybe they're going through something that you know we're not aware of so yeah that's true I feel like, um, because I don't really know the situation in the UK, but mm-hmm. um, from California's uh, perspective, I see, you know, a lot of ignorant people and a lot of stubborn people who know the situation that they're in and they still refuse to listen to professionals. Um, a part of that is just because of like politics and their own, you know, perspectives but like from a broader view, I guess um, I'd say it's a little selfish, you know, because um, as much as, you know, you want to go out and have fun and just like relieve yourself from this anxiety that we're all having, um, you still shouldn't put others pe- other people's lives in danger. Mm. Um, but that's because, you know, as I said before, a lot of ignorant people here. Um, It's -hmm. also because, you know, some celebrities, like the influencers I was talking about before, they apparently don't care. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people still aren't really talking about it. They're Mm -hmm. just like talking about it for five minutes and then forget about it, move on to the next trending Twitter hashtag. Yeah, I saw something and I'm not sure if we've had this in the UK and I'm not sure where in the US this was. Um, but it was some kind of, um, what was it called? Uh, it was some kind of party when people quite early on were like, oh, we don't really think this is a real thing. So when someone had COVID, they'd like have this party. Um, and I can't remember what it was called, um, but it was basically to test it and let's see if we do all get it. And um, which is which is just kind of, yeah, it's, it's being very reckless and kind of going, oh, well, I don't believe the science. Yeah. Um, even though there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of science and <laughs> yeah. and even though this is a, a new um it's a new coronavirus we have had other coronaviruses and we have had other viruses so we do have a <laughs> lot yeah, of knowledge about how exactly. viruses work but um yeah so th- that was something that I thought was quite alarming that people just like well you know and 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 I think also there was this message early on that actually young people it wasn't it didn't really affect so much so people Mm -hmm. kind of thinking well it's not going to affect me so it's fine I'll just carry on with my life but then actually you know you could have it and maybe you wouldn't be aware or maybe it'd be quite mild but in that window of time when you're contagious but you're not actually showing symptoms you're seeing all these other people and potentially people who are vulnerable and who it could have a massive impact on so yeah I think it's uh an interesting time shall we say (laughs) (laughs) definitely interesting wow this whole year has been interesting (laughs) yeah yeah I can't believe we're already like four months into this pretty much 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I found really interesting, and I, I don't know if you've had um, a similar thing, because I, I'm not sure if you're kind of recording and release schedule, but I'm quite far ahead in my interviews. So I'm releasing interviews mm-hmm. I recorded either before Corona, before lockdown, when it was just this kind of thing we were just hearing about. And so some of them are quite interesting because you're talking about stuff that either it's now completely different or things that are going to happen <laughs> haven't happened and it's yeah it's interesting yeah listening back to them and then and then when I record my little introduction I'm like yeah so <laughs> that didn't happen or well, that's different because of this reason or sometimes I, someone will have said something I'll say obviously this was pre <laughs> pre-corona mm-hmm. and uh that's yeah that's very interesting seeing the way things have changed and I think there's there's a mixture of obviously a lot of really difficult things that have happened and a lot of loss but also at the same time there seems to be for some people that they're kind of using it to take stock of their life and what's important to them and although we've talked about people being being ignorant and people being um, inconsiderate there's also been a lot particularly in the UK of people being really generous with their time Mm -hmm. and helping people and that real kind of community spirit so I think there's been yeah a real mix of what's kind of come out of it so yeah definitely that's a yeah that's a really good point because I feel like most people you know they lean towards the negativity so a lot of people especially the news you know that's what they do you know it's always just (laughs) negative things you know more people not obeying laws and more people forgetting about other people's existence (laughs) you know but then it's definitely good to like think about all the nice people out there there's various people fighting racial injustices right now there's various people um, like essential workers helping millions of people who are Mm -hmm. suffering from various conditions there's there's more to go the list goes on right there's always a lot of generous people but the news tends to focus on all (laughs) really really bad things I mean it's part of it's like what they're supposed to do because, you know, they have to find entertainment in that somehow as well as getting like the message across to us normal people. Um, (laughs) But yeah, this also brings into one topic that I really wanted to talk about, which is like news anxiety and Mm. like the fear of everything that's happening, you know, personally for me, Um, Whenever I'm on social media or even on Google, you know, there's always those little pop-ups that show up and then they talk about the newest situations, um, you know, politics and every crazy thing that's happening. And then I get so like anxious and frustrated and like all these emotions on my little teenage body (laughs) I'm just like oh no like I can't do anything about it you know that lack of control it's it sucks because you want to change things and you want to make the world a better place somewhere more peaceful where everyone can be happy but you know that just it doesn't exist in reality unfortunately not yet yeah so it I guess uh, there's a couple of things to think about with the news. And I think if you think about headlines and the point of them is to catch your attention and to entice you to read them. So whatever the news is, and it's not to say that there aren't really, you know, scary things sometimes that are happening, but the headline is always going to be very sensationalized because Mm -hmm. that's the point of it. So 
I think sometimes looking at them with like a, you know, um, just bearing that in mind and with taking them with a pinch of salt that actually it's always going to make it sound a lot worse than it is because they really want you to read it and you get the kind of clickbait idea. Um, yeah, I would also say to really be conscious about where you are getting your news from because there will be some more reputable news sites and some that tend to do more of that sensationalizing and maybe to have a lot more conspiracy theories or a lot more things that maybe not really based so much on fact but a lot on opinion or a lot on kind of a bit a bit less robust science should we say (laughs) more biased yeah yeah maybe more biased or you know because you could you could say that something is a piece of uh, science if there's some research to support it but that might be one tiny tiny study yeah Uh, so it's really kind of thinking well actually is it supported by a lot of science is it really been replicated and shown to really be true because that one study might not be the best study it might not be statistically relevant actually if it was only done on 10 people 15 people so it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of thinking about where are they getting the the information from and and the sources and there is something um i don't i'm not a massive expert on the u.s news but something i have noticed (laughs) watching u.s news and particularly uh, a few years ago, I we went to Canada and we were staying and we watched the Canadian news and then we watched the US news on like the same thing. And I think the, from my observation, the US news tends to ramp it up to be much more scary and much more intense anyway, <laughs> certainly oh, more really? than UK news. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so we'll cover something in UK news and it's like, oh, maybe this is a bit concerning. And it, in the US is like, this is a disaster. And it, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's something that I know some commentators have talked about. They've been like, oh, <laughs> this is the UK news and this is the US like equivalent. And it's like the world's ending. And it's so <laughs> I think your news. <laughs> yeah. But I think your news anyway is geared to that kind of, <laughs> you know, that thing. And so I think actually bearing that in mind when you read something and thinking, okay, like if this is saying it's like 10 out of 10 for like be afraid, probably it's only like a seven max. <laughs> so it's like, take it down a few points because probably you got one. That's what news does anyway. It just kind of ramps up. The US news from my experience, what I've seen tends to also really kind of go for it <laughs> a little bit. Um, and it, yeah, just kind of considering the sources and there's something, so like, like you said in the intro, I'm a qualified teacher and there's something that I always remember when I did my teacher training and it was something set up for um for students to teach them about the fact that you shouldn't believe everything you find online yeah and it's this it's this website about this tree frog which is completely made up but it looks really real and they created this <laughs> website so that uh-huh. children could look for it and they'd be like oh this is real but the whole point of the lesson is like it's not real it looks real it's not it's all completely made up it's all it's all fake but and it's that idea of you have to kind of question the sources and i think you know um if you've been in school, as you obviously are, and at, particularly as you go up through college, a lot of it when you're doing research or writing assignments is looking at sources and kind of mm-hmm. thinking like it's a legitimate source. And I remember, you know, it's always like Wikipedia, like you can't reference Wikipedia <laughs> because yeah, who knows who wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should have the same kind of view when you're, when you're looking at news and looking at things and thinking like, is this a legitimate source? Because sometimes it might be, sometimes it might not be or it might just be oh this person said this and maybe they have next to no experience on the topic 
Yeah. And it's just what they think. And I think also sometimes we'll say we know something or we'll say something is a fact and actually really it's only our opinion, but we're so attached Mm -hmm. to it. It's like, it's true because to us it is because the things we believe are really true to us, but they might be complete nonsense. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so I think it's with any news, you know, no matter how scary, no matter how positive, kind of treat them all the same and just really question, is it a legitimate source? Is it true? It might be a, a bit of both. Um, and then also, yeah, just uh, bearing in mind that the nature of it, what it's all about is getting your attention and selling papers or getting you to go on their website or whatever and and I think if you are finding it overwhelming at times is to just be wary of how much time you spend on news sites if you if you know that you'll get anxious maybe you'll just have one reputable site that you trust and maybe you only check it like once a day for a limited amount of time because I think sometimes we can get down that wormhole mm-hmm. where we're like we spent hours looking at something really scary and getting really worked yeah. up um so it's just thinking actually I'm gonna limit the amount of time that I spend looking at it when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply I think you will have all through life people with different opinions who will, who will say stuff, um, particularly in school, because, because, you know, you, you know, but maybe not so much at the moment being at home, but you are with those people so much. And that is like your entire ecosystem. Like they're the people that are around, they're the people yeah. whose opinions really matter because, um, in British schools as well, but from what I've seen, which to be honest is mainly just from films and TV, but like high school in the US seems mm-hmm. to be, you know, very, <laughs> very tense and yeah. very kind of cliquey and very, um, you know, all of that. But I think school is a difficult time and, you know, and it's even, even when you go into the world of work, it's still, it's very different. I think that you have some choice, you know, if you don't, don't like the company, if you struggle with the people that you work with, there are kind of clear channels that don't always work, but that you can kind of flag that up. And if you really don't like it, you can leave the company. And it's harder <laughs> to leave a whole school if, if that's yeah. you know, and, and not only are you with them all day, they are your, your social system. Whereas at work, mm-hmm. if you don't like the people you work with, it's okay. Cause once you leave work, you don't have to see them. Mm-hmm. You can see your friends and whatever. So I think, yeah, school is a, is a difficult time. Yeah, um, I feel like since we're already on the topic of school, um, Mm -hmm. one problem that we have is, uh, I I mentioned this earlier to you, but our education system, I'd Mm -hmm. say it's, you know, they really want us to have a strong mentality and just know when to ask for help. But they don't necessarily say, like, how to. They just say, oh, go ahead and communicate. It's always mm. just, just do it. 
I don't know how to explain it to you. Okay, now go. <laughs> and then they expect <laughs> us to go up to our counselors by ourselves and just say like, hey, so I'm really struggling with this. Can you help me? But in reality, unless you're someone who's like actually thought about it and knows like exactly what you're going to do, I'm sure most students don't do that because one, they think adults will just automatically dismiss their problems. Since um, now I feel like the, the boomer, <laughs> the boomer me, <mean, laughs> um, we always stereotype elders as people who automatically dismiss this generation's problems because they say they went through something harder or that we should be more grateful and that our emotions don't matter when in reality I feel like no matter who you are you all have your own struggles and we should all acknowledge that um and then the second factor is just like the school doesn't really teach you how exactly to handle these emotions we have counselors but they're more like academic counselors I guess like Mm -hmm. it's never clarified to us who's who who do we find to talk to and everything like that yeah because I suppose you know the the counseling the sort of emotional counseling is a particular skill to be able to do that that not everyone uh, is gonna have and um, you know being able to support someone in the right way particularly if they're in a really difficult place you know, even someone who is the most well-meaning person in the world could really do some damage, actually, if they don't have the skills to actually really support that person. Yes. So um, I would say, you know, with this, that there, there's this, um, I wouldn't say that all adults kind of dismiss, but I would say that there are quite a lot <laughs> that do. And <laughs> having been a teacher, it always surprises me how many teachers, some, some don't really like kids. And I just think, why? in education if you don't really um or they or sometimes I think there's some and this is not all adults but sometimes there's a little bit of like amnesia about what it was like at school and that experience um Mm -hmm. and I think if you think about what's going on in the world at the moment there is a lot that that young people are going through and having to deal with and a lot of things that are really different and a lot more high pressured than than maybe people um you know, when boomers were younger, but I think there's always challenges for any kind of um, generation. But I think that definitely in the education system, there's so much about studying and the kind of the knowledge stuff that we're not taught to recognize our emotions. We're not taught, this is what anger feels like, and this is what you might experience in your body. And this is that it's normal. This is how you can handle that and kind of move through it. And there's quite often either it's not really talked about or it's a kind of trying to kind of control people and put people in a box. So if you're upset about something and that comes out as anger, it's like, stop being angry, stop doing that. You know, you've got to be, I don't know, focused and, and um, you know, engaged in your lessons. You can't be angry. And I think even with, with parents as well, sometimes, you know, even though it's not taught in school, hopefully it's something that parents would teach and they'd talk about emotions and they'd talk about all of that but for a lot of parents they want their child to be happy and they want them to yeah not be sad not experience these big emotions Mm -hmm. so quite often 
what will happen is they'll just be like, oh, no, 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 you're not happy. You're not, you're not happy. You're not sad. You're, you're, (laughs) you're happy. You're not, you're not sad. You're not angry. It's okay. It's okay. Well, they'll distract and they mean well, but really it's that they're uncomfortable seeing that emotion play out. And so although it's quite often a well-meaning reason for doing it, what it effectively does is get you to suppress your emotions and then you kind of get out of touch with them. So you get out of touch with what anger actually feels like. And also that it passes. You can be angry, you can be sad, but that doesn't last forever. And when you try and push these emotions down, if you imagine like any sort of box or something, you're trying to push loads of stuff in that doesn't fit. And eventually it's going to break the box and things are going to come out all over the place. And that's kind of what happens with these big emotions that eventually they're going to come out in unexpected ways or in inappropriate ways or at an inconvenient time, you're going to just start crying or shout at someone because there's all this stuff inside that, that you haven't dealt with. And um, so I think that's something for parents that are really thinking about having this conversation, not just of talk about emotions, come and talk to me, but actually, what does that mean? What do they look like? What do they feel like? And I think also in, in school, it's great to have that culture of yes, come and talk to us and have that conversation. But I think there is something really powerful about modeling. And so with that, and it's, it's something that happens across education and across parenting. And it's like having a role model to someone you can look to. And so if the school is saying, yeah, talk about your emotions, talk about things that are bothering you, that's great. But they kind of need to show you what that looks like first. So, mm-hmm. you know, And this is something that's quite hard for teachers to do because teachers try and be like, oh, look, I'm amazing. I've got everything together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we haven't. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's the thing with adults. They kind of present like I've got all my life sorted. And uh, that's not true, actually. Um, I'm still waiting for the point where I kind of feel like my life is all together and I know what I'm doing. And I still don't know. (laughs) But we put on this this persona that that everything uh, we've we've got it all figured out. And by not sort of talking about when they've got difficult times or they're feeling a bit grumpy about something and communicating that it's kind of showing what it's like and that it's okay. So I'll give you an example from myself and this is, it was in a, a particular setting. So it was a residential college for young people on the autistic spectrum. So it's very different to a high school setting. So it maybe wouldn't work in the, in the same way, but for some reason, I can't remember why, I was really upset, a bit angry or, or something. And I just, I <laughs> was crying because I was just so like, angry. And so I had to let it out. And so we had a punch bag around the, the back of um, the school that students could use when they, when they had these emotions. And so I put my headphones on, I put some loud music on, I got the, the, the gloves and I went and I just sort of let out some steam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my students came over to talk to me and he saw me as like, <laughs> I'll come back later. Uh, <laughs> um, another student made me a cup of coffee, which was lovely. And it was only probably like 10, 15 minutes. I let out that emotion. And then I went back in the classroom and it was like, that's how I was feeling. That's what I did about it. It's okay. We'll move on. Because it's really showing actually it's okay. It's okay to feel this. It will pass. But also I'm going to do something about it. I'm not just going to try and push it down or hope it goes away. I'm not going to stay in the anger. I'm going to do something to sort of move through it and let out that emotion. 
So I'm not saying that all of your teachers should just start crying all the time. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, even in, a, you know, in different settings and classrooms, and I've said, do you know what? I'm a bit down today or I'm a bit angry mm-hmm. today. So it's not going to be as upbeat and bubbly as it usually is. But I'm just telling them that's how I'm feeling. That's what I'm doing about it. Or, you know, I'm, I'm showing them how it works. Yeah. So we hear people who will say, just, just do this, just ask for help. But if you're feeling anxious or depressed or really worried about something or self-conscious, that's a really vulnerable feeling. And it takes so much courage to actually communicate to the, that to people because our, our natural inclination is I'm just going to like hide away mm-hmm. because I, you know, I want to stay safe. I don't want to, you know, be it. Yeah. It kind of feels like, um, you feel very exposed by actually communicating that to people. So to say, just do it, it really kind of minimizes like how difficult it is to reach out. And, and I do say to people, if you can, it is really important to reach out because then you can start to get support. But to do that is, is difficult to do. And so I think if you are struggling to ask for help, to just acknowledge that it's a massive step and it is okay to, to find it difficult. And some people will just test the water a little bit. They won't kind of dive in with the really big thing they're feeling. They'll maybe ask about something else that they're kind of a little bit worried about. But it's not such a big thing. Um, so I think it's just giving yourself a bit of grace that if you're really struggling, it, it does take massive courage to reach out, um, and to, to just be gentle with yourself about that. Um, Mm -hmm. and it might be that you have to build trust with someone first. It might be that you find it easier to write stuff down. That might be a way to do it, to write, I'm really struggling with whatever I feel really anxious and then start in that way because that can be less intense and I know uh, some mental health services in the UK are starting to do a sort of more text-based service mm-hmm. email-based support um, and I sometimes recommend to people uh, we have um, a telephone number for the Samaritans which I think is similar to like a suicide helpline that you might have in the US and I don't know if yours is the same as ours but ours is all anonymous and mm-hmm. it's kind of no questions asked and it's just you can ring someone who doesn't know you they're never going you're never going to speak to them again but it can just help sometimes to just let stuff out and sometimes that can feel easier than telling someone that you know and something I found is that even though you think that your friends and your family are the the closest to you and they're maybe the most supportive they can be the hardest people sometimes to tell yeah yeah and and I think there's a really a weird thing happening where we sometimes don't want to burden those people we really care about we don't want them to feel bad so even though we we want support we don't want to hurt them in some way so we just try and not tell them and, and keep them safe by keeping it to ourselves so sometimes having someone at school like a counsellor or someone mm-hmm. who's not so close actually can feel easier sometimes not and I think with all things around kind of mental health and well-being it is just acknowledging that however you're feeling is how you're feeling and is completely fine to be feeling and if you are ready to ask for help great if you're not that's also fine and it's just kind of meeting yourself where you are and you know I think sometimes things if you can't 
talk to someone to get it out is still useful to try and let things out in some way. So journaling might be useful. I sometimes, if I'm thinking about the podcast, I'll talk to myself in my phone and that can help with processing stuff. So thinking of some way to let stuff out, even if it doesn't go to anyone, you're still starting to process that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember there was this one time where I got really frustrated. Um, I forgot what it was already. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But during that moment, I was so mad. Like, I've never been that mad about something before. And I remember I had no one to talk to. Um, So (laughs) I grabbed a sheet of scratch paper. And then I just started writing and writing and writing. And I wrote like, five pages I think like just handwriting my feelings out and like after I was done I was like wow this is a great like therapeutic way to let my emotions out and well like obviously it worked because I don't even remember (laughs) what it's about yeah yeah I think things like that just getting out in some way it might be that you paint you kind of paint it out you might music might be your thing or sport you go for a run to just kind of do something Uh, with it and whatever kind of works for you you're doing something with that emotion and that kind of feeling inside rather than just trying to wish it away yeah (laughs) which which isn't isn't gonna work so yeah yeah trying out that one the writing and I think that's really good just to kind of like switch off the kind of logical mind and just let Mm -hmm. it out and it might be you read it back and you might learn something safely after or shred it or whatever but it's okay it's that process of letting out that emotion in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree with you. I kind of have like one of a more personal question, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm a junior in high school, 11th grade. And um, beforehand, I had gone through a couple of these like really broken down phase, I guess. Um, I don't know if like me talking about this is just like indicating that I'm like <laughs> really like emotionally distressed or like if it's like I don't I don't even know if I've completely moved on yet because like it always like comes back to me um, but um, beforehand in elementary school and in middle school uh, well elementary school I had a separate best friend and then middle school I had another best friend and as an only child and as someone who is pretty open with things. I talk to my friends about my emotions or just like how I'm handling things. And I feel like sometimes I can get overwhelming for them um, Mm -hmm. because we're so young and um, just like these like emotions don't really comprehend as they Mm -hmm. do to like more mature people. Mm -hmm. Um, So like whenever I was talking about my feelings, they would just be like, oh yeah, and support me through that moment but I remember um this like literally like broke me down but um freshman year of high school like my best friend from middle school she said to me um that she thinks I'm exaggerating some things Mm -hmm. in my life and that my problems weren't even that serious and then she said like me telling her about my problems brought her down and brought her day down and things like that, and then I feel like at that moment, I kind of, like, went into this realization, I was like, 
wow, like, I just did that to someone. Like, I, I felt so bad, and I didn't really know what to do. Um, and that was, like, our, like, friendship breakup. Mm-hmm. um because of like some other issues going on but I feel like that particular moment when she texted me that I like my problems also burdened her I kind of made a promise to myself that I was like I won't talk to my friends about these problems that I have because I don't want them to feel bad about themselves mm-hmm. Or, like, at least beforehand, I always make sure to ask my friends, like, are you in the right mindset to talk about it? Or, like, are you sure it's okay? Like, we don't have to do this if you don't want to. I want to make sure we have that strong mentality so you can support me and yourself. Yeah. But, like, ever since that point, I feel like I've never really talked about my emotions to anyone. Like, now I have, like, a new group of friends, and they're super supportive, and I love them to death, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's still, like, no matter how close they are to me, I still feel, like, I don't know, I just feel like I shouldn't be able to tell them, like, a really deep thing, because, like, obviously, it's going to impact them, and if it doesn't, I still think to myself, like, yeah, they're just saying that to make me feel better when in reality it's like they actually are impacted and just like Mm -hmm. trains of thoughts. So I don't know if it's just me, you know, being crazy or if this is like a completely normal and justified thing. Um, But yeah, I feel like I haven't really gone over that and I just tell myself I have. It's difficult with friendships when we've had that sort of breakdown. So it's kind of like you've been burnt before and so you're worried about kind of getting back in the on the field um, or whatever kind of analogy for that Um, and so I think it's it's possible it is possible sometimes to burden people too much but it's also possible to talk about deep things without burdening people and so it's having that balance so if you find that every day you're talking about the same thing with people then potentially maybe it is going to kind of be burdening them if that's all your relationship is based on if it is just kind of talking about problems then that can for some people you know feel feel quite heavy and feel feel quite draining so I think it's when you're having those conversations it's thinking kind of like what do I want to get out of this is it they want to be supported or I want them to understand and if it's just that you're kind of talking about it because you're trying to kind of process it for yourself that could be something that you journal about sometimes because then you're kind of talking to yourself about it so it's kind of thinking like well why am I telling them this what do I want to get out of it so something I do with my friends sometimes if we just want to rant about something we don't Mm -hmm. want to fix it we just want to rant we'll say I just need a rant and it's like (laughs) it just tells them this is what I need if it's I I need some ideas it's saying I need some ideas and And then I think it's also thinking about, you know, if you're talking about the same thing every day for ideas and they're telling you the same ideas and you're just getting the same thing back, then it's, if you keep bringing it up, you're not really getting anything new from it. You're kind of staying stuck in it because you're going over all the time and you're kind of keeping them stuck in it. So I think having a little bit of self-awareness of, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm feeling this thing. If I talk about it, what, what is it that I want to get out of it? Do I want the suggestions? Do I just want them to listen? Do I want to have just a rant? And I think if you've got a good friendship group, having those honest conversations and saying, okay, I'm feeling some stuff. I just want this. I want you just to listen. I want just some ideas. um, And also being able to have that honest conversation, not when you're kind of talking about some deep stuff, 
but a separate time when it's all kind of light and happy of saying, okay, I know sometimes I talk about deep stuff and I'm not going to ask every time if it's okay, but honestly, just tell me if it's too much one day, please just say, sorry, I'm not in the headspace for it today. Um, you know, I, I, can we talk about something else? But having that conversation, not in the moment of, let me know if it's ever too much or it's, it's not the right time so that people know that you're okay with kind of taking that. And then if you do then have a day where you're feeling down and they say, I'm sorry, I just can't today. Mm-hmm. Appreciating that because you don't know what's kind of going on with them and then thinking, okay, what is it I'm needing at the moment? Can I get that from someone else? Or can mm-hmm. I get that somehow myself? But I think probably, you know, the fact that you've had this friendship breakdown before, you're kind of carrying that with you thinking, if I'm too open with my friends, is that going to happen again? Am I going to be burdening them? And so I think it's just kind of striking that balance and making sure that with your friends, when you spend time with them, you're doing fun stuff as well. It's not always, let's just all sit around and talk about our problems because the friendship isn't like group therapy. And although it's important to be supported, there, there is a very real thing. I think sometimes when we just get really stuck in that stuff and we're not then moving on. We're not kind of processing it. We're just kind of going over the same thing over and over again. So yeah, just some self-awareness and honest communication, which I think can be difficult at any age of life. <laughs> yeah. But um, possibly sometimes at, at school, because you, as you said, you're all at different levels of maturity and there'll be some people who are all about the deep conversations and that's fab. There'll be people who they don't want to know emotions they just want to have fun or like you said maybe they're not really able to comprehend that that stuff yet because they're not quite there in in their own emotional maturity so that's a kind of really waffly way of saying it's it's maybe a little bit sometimes of burning people but maybe it's also you've just got that concern if this happened before and and I would just say to have a little bit of self-awareness of when you're having that conversation what is it that you're looking for and communicating that because I think that's something that we don't really do but it would be really helpful I think for friends if you say this is what this is what I want from you this is the support I need from you yeah and for them to know it's okay to say yeah cool I can handle that or oh no I can't today yeah exactly like just like straight up telling them right instead of sending mixed signals yeah um yeah what would you say um to maybe someone listening who's in that stuck phase um I feel like or no I don't feel like I know um because I think a couple yeah it's been like a few months actually um but me and a couple of my friends we created this survey because we were doing like this competition but anyways um (laughs) the survey was like asking about mental health and one of the questions was do you think you have like a mental illness um and then it's um have you gone to therapy and then are you taking medication and like have you done anything about it or do you want to go see therapy or no I think it's do you think you actually have that mental illness Mm. and the results were shocking because I think it was like over 60% of the people, they said um, that they believe they have some sort of mental illness, 
but they were actually too scared to tell anyone about it or even ask their parents like if they can go to therapy because their parents are more conservative or um, another reason was like they their parents don't believe them yeah so that stuck phase especially now in quarantine I feel like everyone's reflecting on their own life um, we're all like in that like really anxious and maybe even depressed times I can't offer support because I'm not licensed or a professional <laughs> like you are um, so yeah if you can give any advice yeah and so obviously therapy and, I, and I'm not a qualified therapist although that is my like long-term my long-term plan uh, so I do more kind of coaching, which is um, a little bit different focus, but that can be quite difficult to get referrals to and quite expensive. So that can be a barrier for some people. And I know in the UK, we have the, the National Health Service, which you can get some free, some free therapy on the NHS, but it takes a long time to get it. So that's not necessarily a quick fix. And I know with your health service, it's probably way more complicated yeah. uh, if, you're, if you're not able to afford it. So I would say that uh, if you are immediately needing someone to talk to, having a look about any of those sort of helplines that you can phone or text for support, um, because it might be that just in that moment, you just need someone to talk to, to let stuff out and to have someone kind of listen to think about the practices that you have in your life that are kind of supporting you and looking mm -hmm. after you. So this one's really boring. It's talked about a lot, but honestly it really worked for me. And there is a reason that people talk about it a lot, particularly for depression and that is exercise <laughs> and being active. And it's just like, oh, whatever. And that's what I thought when, <laughs> when I started it. But when I actually committed to kind of consistently doing something, it does actually have an impact on a kind of chemi chemical level in the brain and, I won't get into all of that, but thinking about those sort of things that you can do that are going to give you a bit of a boost. And in the UK, we've got, um, it's, they're kind of research backed and they're something that the health service talks about and they're these five wellbeing pillars. Mm -hmm. So it's sometimes like a, a nice starting place of thinking, what are the things that I've got in my life that are going to help boost my wellbeing, even if I feel a bit crummy? at the moment I don't know if I'm allowed to swear so I'd say that <laughs> so, a bit crummy um and so they are the uh kind of connection with other people which at the moment can be difficult but kind of thinking yeah. are you talking to your friends can you go for a socially distanced walk with them can you is there some kind of support network that you have that you can communicate with learning stuff and you know it might be that you hate everything you're learning at school so it might be you learn something else for fun that you're really passionate about because that really helps with our well-being. Giving back to other people, so in, or, or to society or animals or whatever you're passionate about, but doing some kind of something for someone else. Mm -hmm. um, being present, so being mindful. So meditation's talked about a lot, or I, I often think of um, exercise. So you know, if you're trying to balance you can't really be worrying about stuff because you're trying not to fall over. Yeah. <laughs> that, that really helps me. Or I, I love CrossFit. So kind of trying to lift a heavy weight of your head again, you can't really be all in your own mind. Um, but something that kind of gets you in the moment and presence, it could be the kind of mindfulness stuff. And there is a lot of stuff around online for that and kind of guided meditations and, and stuff like that. And then the fifth one, what is the fifth one? 
oh it's uh it's movement um <laughs> i talked about it before forgot about it yeah movement and and those five things that kind of sound quite simple things but if you're really struggling it can be really hard to do them and to yeah. commit to them and so it's kind of taking that thought out of it we quite often think and i do this as well oh i'm not motivated i can't do that because i not motivated but just <laughs> yeah. like tell your mind to shush and just do it anyway <laughs> so and it sometimes helps to sort of almost like externalize your mind or your anxiety so you can like give it a name one of my favorites is uh, someone uh, in a sort of mental health support group that i'm in on facebook had put a typo and they called their brain brian which is great because <laughs> they just like shush brian shush we're gonna we're gonna go for a walk and and there's something about that that's really simple but clever because then it's it's not really you it's just this other thing and actually you can feel anxious you feel that but I'm still going to just give it and it, that's word again just I'm still going to try it and see um so having some of those things uh journaling again is also um, a good thing for sort of processing or finding something like that that helps and you know trying to have an honest conversation with your parents so trying to communicate to them how you're feeling and and it might be helpful to go on um I know in the UK we've got a website called Mind which is a mental health charity and they will have all of the kind of mental illnesses broken down and sections for parents or family or whoever but what the symptoms are so it could be having something like that might be helpful if if you're worried that there, there won't be that understanding there to sort of say look these are the these are the symptoms. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and again, as we said before, if you feel that you're not able to, to talk that conversation, kind of writing something down or even writing something down and reading it out to sort of get, get your points down um, and trying to have that conversation. And it might be you talk to parents. It might be you talk to someone at school because then if they agree or they have consent, they might do that talking to parents. Um, so I think it's, if you are really concerned talking about it, but also having those things in place for yourself of getting that support, whether it's from an anonymous line or from friends or from someone else, uh, and just having those things that really help wellbeing generally in place, because they just give you a bit of a boost. And if you're really struggling with something, they're not going to make it all okay, mm -hmm. but they sort of help you be able to manage it a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing I would just say about mental health and anyone struggling, I think the nature of mental illnesses, um, and just generally, is they feel very isolating and you can mm -hmm. feel very alone, that no yeah. one understands, no one's ever felt like this before, there's something wrong with me, we have all of these thoughts we might have, but not to minimise how anyone's feeling, but they are scarily normal, normal. they're really high numbers of people experience it. But also it is possible to be able to manage it and to kind of move to like a recovery, if you like, or to be in a place where things are okay again. So just to offer a little bit of hope, really, that although it might feel like you're alone and things won't get, won't get better, they can and you're not alone. And sometimes that's helpful to know that and, and to bear that in mind. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was really great. I hope the listeners can get something out of that. And yeah, I guess that'll be the end of our podcast. Yeah. So would you want to share any of your social medias? Yeah, absolutely. So I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, although 
I don't use that one so much, <laughs> uh, at, at Psyche Coaching and Psyche is P-S-Y-K-H-E, uh, all one word on all of those. And so I post a lot around mental well-being. And then my podcast is the Psyche, spelled the same way, Mental Wellbeing Podcast, which is on Spotify, iTunes, most places like that. And it's all about kind of mental health, mental well-being, and it has lots of tips and real life stories. So if you're struggling, you could check out my podcast or there are a lot of mental health podcasts. And that's another way to try and get some ideas or some support. So, yeah, check those out as well. And you can always send me a message and I can try and (laughs) share some ideas. Yeah, and I'll also link your podcast in the description um, to everyone listening. If you want, you can also follow Study Break's Instagram at the Study Break Podcast for trailers before episodes come out. And yeah, thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on. I am so grateful for this collab. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. Awesome. Yay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so make sure to tune into your favorite podcast app, follow Study Break, and listen to a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye.